everyone. Welcome back to the Self-Made CEO Podcast. I don't know why I'm yelling, but I'm your host, Adrian Finch. And today I'm here with a very special guest, my best friend, Haley Paul. She is feeling a little bit raw right now. She just quit her job after four years. We're going to talk all about that. We're also going to talk about why you should just do what you got to do in life, despite what people expect you to do, what people want you to do. We're going to get all into that right now, right here, right now. Stay tuned. My name is Adrienne Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create the success and happiness that they want. With my proven productivity hacks, business tactics, and a little mindset coaching, this podcast will unlock your greatest potential and transform you into the CEO of your own life, business, happiness, and success. So what are you waiting for? This is the Self-Made CEO Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy. We're in the studio right now, and I am with one of my personal favorite guests in the whole world. I say that every week. I'm sorry. I hope no one else is taking offense to that, but today I have Haley Paul, my best friend from since 2011, in the studio, and I'm pumped. I basically dragged her out of the house today and said, you are being on my podcast. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's Great to be here. Um, yeah, basically two hours ago, was it? I get the text from you yep. saying, hey, you want to be on my podcast today? Um, sure, I guess. Yeah. No, okay, because so I was thinking about it. Haley, and we're going to get all into all of this, but Haley just literally just quit her job of four years. And I feel like it's been a long time coming. I think she's wanted to quit for a while now. I have, and yeah. she finally pulled the trigger. And I had this spur of the moment thought, you know what? I want to... Bring her in here. Let's talk about it while it's still fresh. Part of me like wanted to be a good friend and say, oh, it's still fresh. Like we don't have to talk about it. And then I was like, actually, no, we are absolutely going to talk about it because this is why we're here. We're here to be real and raw and give you guys relevant experiences and knowledge and things you can learn from. And she has just gone through quite a pivotal Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And by raw, we mean like literally two days raw. This was on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. This just, yeah. I'm still like, and I can't even believe it's right real. Now. Yeah. It's, it's been. I'm so happy for A you. whirlwind of a week for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully you guys can learn from some of my mistakes through the years and um you yeah, definitely do, can do better next time <laughs> do better you're doing great sweetie yeah but before we get fully diving into the episode i just want to make a quick announcement um so it turns out you guys really really were loving the manifesting episode we did if you haven't checked that out i highly recommend i did an episode called manifest anything in 24 hours it was a proven process that I got from my favorite entrepreneur and podcast, James Wedmore. He hosts the Mind Your Business podcast. He outlined a really awesome, easy nine-step process to manifest anything into your life in just 24 hours. And it's it's honestly like incredible and amazing. So I knew I was so excited for that episode, but what I didn't realize was the amount of feedback and messages I was going to receive from you guys saying, oh my God, I did this. It worked. It's crazy. And it just made me so happy reading all of those messages. So I want to let you guys know, I would love to do an episode in the future where it's featuring your guys' manifesting stories. So if you have a manifesting story, it doesn't matter if it's as small as you manifested a coin on the ground or a cloud in the sky or or you manifested your dream house, your dream car, your husband. I want to hear your stories. So if you guys have stories that you'd like to share on a future episode, also James Wedmore did this. I'm totally copying his idea, but I just thought it was so inspiring hearing other people talk about it. If you guys want to submit your stories, what you should do is just record a sound bite. Probably try to keep it to like under four minutes ish. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut it if it's longer than that. But um, send me a sound bite to 
the Selfmade CEO podcast at gmail.com. And I would love to feature you. So yes, I'm just going to start making that announcement from here on out. Please give me your manifesting stories. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend. And also before we begin, I just wanted to share with you one of the messages that I got. I got this email the other day. And honestly, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw my stories where I was like borderline going to cry because I was just so happy like receiving this message. But this woman wrote me and I'm just going to read you her message because first of all, it's like an incredible manifesting story, but it also is just so inspiring. So let me read that. She says, Hi, Adrian. I don't usually review or send comments on anything I consume, but I felt compelled to tell you about my experience after your episode on manifestation. I listened to the episode while getting ready for work a few days ago. I've heard of the law of attraction and manifesting before, but had never really tried it. It was always something that I wanted to believe but was skeptical of. After listening to your episode, I decided to try the worksheet you linked. I chose to try and manifest a 25 cent coin, thinking that wouldn't be or thinking that wouldn't be that unusual to come across on the street. Well, it worked, but not in the way I expected at all. 24 hours had passed and there was no sign of this coin. I kind of gave up on it and resolved that I would try again later on. This morning, about so about 36 hours after completing the worksheet, I was in the kitchen at my office and pulled a mug off of the top shelf of the cupboard and heard something fall. I thought the mug was broken, but I looked down and sitting on the counter was a quarter. My jaw dropped in amazement. <laughs> I write all of this to say I now truly believe in our ability to manifest anything into our lives. Thank you for having the courage to put yourself out there. I know you have made a difference in my life and I'm sure countless others as well. Oh my God, I like get chills just reading it again because <laughs> holy crap, it's just, oh my God. That makes me so happy, and I'm so glad that she got to experience that. It truly is amazing when you do experience that. And I wrote her back, and I told her that it wasn't her actually giving up on manifesting or on finding a coin. It was actually her letting go of the outcome. It was her saying, okay, I'm, I'm not going to think about whether I'm going to get it or not. I'm not going to put pressure on myself. I'm just letting go. And that's when it happened. And that's when you find it, it usually happens. So anyway, whew, that's that. <laughs> that's manifesting. And that was an awesome message. So I'm going to stop talking. Don't know why I'm still talking. We're going to get actually into this episode with Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Great. Uh, that was a really incredible story, though. I mean, I I would love to hear all those people's stories yeah. as well as they, you know, come forward with yeah, them. Yeah, no, awesome. I definitely want to hear. Like, it just is so cool to hear other people talk about it because I feel like people are skeptical at first. I am. I was. And then you hear actual stories and you're like, oh, my God. OK, if this many people are talking about it, like, there's something real to this. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So like I mentioned, we're here with Haley. She's my best friend. We went to college together. And what I just find so interesting about Haley's story is that she always kind of just did her own thing despite what people said or despite like kind of feeling any pressure or anything like that. And I I just think that she's gone through you've gone through an interesting journey, actually. Like we were talking about it in the car and she's like, well, but nothing's really happened. I'm like, but actually, yes, it has. Like it's starting very I can't speak today, guys. Starting from going to college, picking your major, all of that, I feel like you had certain pressures that to like do or not do certain things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I guess taking a little step back here, what we we went to LMU mm-hmm. and I started off as a political science major. Um, I actually, st- and then I stayed as a political science major because um, at the time I thought that I was going to go to law school, do that whole track. Um, and after I had some internships in law, I realized, you know, this is definitely not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, it was a little too late for me to realistically change my major. So I stuck with my major, but I pivoted into doing um, event planning and marketing 
And my family at the time was not, I mean, my, my parents and my brother were very supportive of me, but my um, more extended family, I guess. So aunts, uncles, grandparents, all of them, cousins, uh, they were really not happy with my decision to trans, I guess, yeah, I don't. To like start, to 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 kind of do something that wasn't what you were going to college for. Exactly, yeah. And it just, you know, marketing didn't seem as impressive to them as um, being a lawyer was. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially because I live in a more expensive city. You know, Los Angeles is definitely not the cheapest place to live. Um, They were very concerned with, you know, well, how are you going to make a living if you're not making, you know, six figures as a lawyer? Mm -hmm. And so it... um, kind of dealing with that questioning and listening to them say, you know, oh, well, you're like, you're so selfish for making that decision, all this stuff. Um, But I, you know, I just kind of had to do what I had to do. I wasn't happy doing law work. Yeah. Wasn't satisfying. It caused me a lot of anxiety being Mm -hmm. in that environment. Um, So shifting was definitely the right thing to do. Yeah. How did you do that? Like knowing that you were getting all of that kind of backlash, how were you able to just confidently be like, no, I'm doing this. Like, I'm I'm doing what I need to do. Like, mentally, how did you, like, get there to that point? Um, it, well, it was definitely difficult. I had a lot of kind of panic attack evenings where I would – you know, kind of sit there and I would I'd cry it out and say, you know, I like I don't I obviously don't want to be disappointing my family. And what if they're right? What Mm -hmm. if I am making the wrong decision? What if I'm kind of digging myself into a hole or a financial pit and I'm going to regret it later, um, not taking on this path? Those were all definitely huge concerns for me. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I actually had a conversation with my dad and he had told me that, you know, he had had some regrets in life, not followed certain passions that he was you know that he had wanted to do when he was my age yeah didn't he wasn't he in a band he was in a band yes he was in an 80s hair metal band oh, amazing so, yeah if you like <laughs> literally imagine that that queen movie just came yeah. out it was mm-hmm. basically the same thing <laughs> that's um, awesome and so yeah he had uh, dreams of getting more involved with that that didn't really come to fruition and so um he told me you know at the end of the day you just kind of have to do what's right for you you know you know yourself better than anybody else yeah. and you just have to run with that. And I really took that to heart and I realized it kind of just hit me at once that, you know, he was right. I need to make decisions for myself Mm -hmm. Um, as much as I love my family and I really care about their opinions. um, And I I don't want to disappoint them. And all those anxieties were kind of piling on top of me. I realized I just kind of had to let go of those anxieties and kind of let it ride out yeah. and I had to make the decision that was right for my own goals yeah no that's amazing and yeah. it's and, and it sounds like and I know you so well I know like it, it's not easy to make that kind of decision and I like no, I think for not. some people naturally they're just like yeah screw it I'm gonna do what I want and it's like not stressful I think yeah. for other people it is stressful it's hard to be like going into a potentially unstable or like just risky situation or just some uncharted territory like something that you're like I didn't prepare for this I don't know what's going to happen it's tough to make that decision it definitely is and especially for me personally like I've suffered with anxiety for a really long time and I know that that's something that's pretty common in this day and age a lot of people just are anxious all the time and I there's a lot of fear about making the right call and second guessing Mm -hmm. yourself and you know you lie awake at night and just think like oh my gosh I I 
talked to someone and said something weird at 3 p.m. today. Like, was that the right yeah. call? And you just dwell over it yeah. over and over again. Like, that's the type of person I am. And so it's making a decision like that for your career is really tough. Yeah, no, I feel that. And I'm like proud that you did. And I feel like you continue to make decisions like that. And it's like not easy. And I swear, especially with like parental pressure, too, and love everyone's parents and not telling you that your parents suck or anything like that. But I think that it's tough because sometimes I think what your dad said was so important and so great. Like sometimes I think parents, it can go either way. A parent will either pressure you to do the thing that they missed out on doing and that they wish that they had done, such as be creative or do be in a band or whatever, where they're like, I didn't make it doing this. So I'm going to, I want you to do it. Kind of the like momager type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my, and my mom was more in that realm too, where she, you know, she, I know that she was looking out for me. She wanted what she thought was best, mm -hmm. but she definitely was pushing me a little bit more towards the like, oh, you need like money is very important yeah. in this world. You need to think more financially, like how much mm -hmm. money you're going to be making and, and being a lawyer is the better track right. for that. Right. Um, so, yeah, she was definitely kind of uh, pushing me a little more in that direction. Um, and then, you know, dad was kind of saying on the side, like, yeah. hey, maybe you should. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's not what you want. Yeah. Totally. And like. What I like to tell people, too, when they consider moving cities or trying something new is, like, nothing's permanent. If you think about it right now, like, nothing is permanent. My friend wanted to move to Los Angeles from another city and really didn't know if it was the right decision, was really scared, like, was really second-guessing it, but really wanted to. And I just said, you know what? Like, nothing's permanent. Like, yes, moving is expensive, and, you know, of course there are, like, risks. But at the end of the day, like, when you really back up and look at your whole entire life, like, if you decide in a week that you don't want to live there, don't live there. Like, at the end of the day, nothing is permanent. And I, that's why I think it's awesome to take those risks, too, because that's something I had to learn early in my life, too, was, like, just do it because if you don't like it or you change your mind or you want to go back to the more stable, secure thing, you can. But if you don't try it, then you don't even know what could be waiting on the other side. And you don't know, you would be sitting there saying, well, what if I had done that? Exactly. And that's always my thing. God, I feel like that, this applies to like me with relationships with guys, I swear. It's like, <laughs> I'll always be like, but if I don't go for it, then I'll just be wondering what would have happened. Exactly. No, that is a big point though. You, I, I never want to, I guess one of my big fears in life is that, you know, like 20, 30 years down the road, I'll look back and say, you know, oh, I wish I yeah. had gone for that opportunity. I mm -hmm. wish I had done that thing. And then at that point, it the opportunity will have already sort of passed me by. Yeah. Um, so I definitely don't want that to happen. Yeah. And you I mean, you also hear stories about people who do things later in life. You know, they say like they go back to college at the age mm -hmm. of 40 or they decide mm -hmm. to quit their job and start their own gig at the age of 50. You know, or you're and Morgan so, Freeman and you become famous at like age 50 or whatever. Like, yeah, I think exactly. you gain yeah. success. And, and it's stories like that that really inspire me because, you know, you kind of have to sit back and say, well, I guess if they can do it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can do something now when I'm yeah. 26. You That's, know? I think, something like I need to remember every day, too, is like I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think Los Angeles doesn't help either, but to do things quickly. Everyone's like, go, go, go. Like, oh, it's too late. Like, you're you're already behind when really it's like. No, you actually have like your whole freaking life to do anything. Yeah. Like if you're 45, 50, 55 and you're in a job you've had for 20 years and you're like, you know what? I want to be a painter. Like go mm -hmm. be a freaking painter. OK, like you can do anything exactly. in your life at any point. And yeah. I, yeah, that's definitely an important thing. So, OK, so transitioning into like end of college, you're going to graduate. It's already a scary, anxious time. I remember my anxiety was at its absolute peak around our graduating college time. And yeah. I think probably a lot of people can relate to that or have experienced that um so what was that like when you know we were about to graduate and you knew all right so I'm not going to go to law school anymore and 
I'm going to go look for a job. And what was that like at the very beginning? How did you find your job? But also, I remember, I don't think you didn't start your job till like end of summer, right? After graduating. Yeah, it, August. So what went down for that? It was an absolutely terrifying time in my life. I think I had at least one panic attack a week. <laughs> yeah. Especially for me because the... At the time, I had a lot of things going on. So in addition to just graduating and worrying about, you know, okay, my student loans are going to start kicking in soon. I'm Mm going to have to worry about paying those back. Um, I also was sort of... I guess technically homeless at the time because we had just the the lease on the house that I had been living in in college um, was had it had just expired and so I was looking for a new place to live mm-hmm. um, actually with you yeah. but <laughs> but the the lease on your place had hadn't had not expired yet I guess and so yep. I was feeling a lot of pressure of like okay now I have to worry about finding an apartment and finding a job and my student loans mm-hmm. and you know. Just worrying about all yeah, this there's a lot stuff happening. happening. I was like couch surfing, staying at other friends' places. Um, and if you guys didn't know, we're both from out of state, so it's it's tough well, because I'm you don't technically not. Sorry, yeah, you're I'm from, from out of Northern city. California. That's what I meant. Yeah, out of which city. is still pretty far though. Yeah, from so it's LA. tough because we don't, you know, you don't necessarily want to like leave and because it's hard. You have to kind of be here to be like looking for housing, and so it really. I mean, luckily we had like a ton of friends, but I can imagine that that was a very stressful time. And I remember I avoided that because my lease had I had another month. So exactly, yeah. yeah. And then you know, kind of going back to family pressure a little bit too. My, I was getting pressure from, you know, both sides of my family saying like, hey, maybe the better choice is to move home for a little bit, stay with your yeah. parents, um, kind of work it out there. But God, I'll be damned if I have to go back and move in with my parents. <laughs> I, know, I refuse. Right? See, like, it's <laughs> I amazing. I but I refuse. Yeah. And, and it's incredible that that's even an opportunity for us. Like, I think we both have supportive families in the sense that like, if we needed to and hit rock bottom, we could absolutely, you know, lean on them. But I feel you. So I'm like, so grateful for that. But I'm also, exactly, yeah, I feel you where I'm like oh my god like the last thing on earth after everything my parents have done for me is like I am not about like it's a pride thing I'm like no I'm I'm going to make this work I'm going to be successful on my own like I don't want to put anything on them (laughs) so then when you finally got that job yes so I so I found the job actually on Craigslist which yeah guys don't like knock looking on Craigslist for a job if because Craigslist actually has randomly a weird amount of job opportunities mm-hmm. that aren't on the traditional job hunting sites like LinkedIn and Glassdoor and whatnot because mm-hmm. um, it's actually cheaper for companies to post their listings there. That so if you're looking for a job, ch- maybe give Craigslist a shot Yeah, you never know. Honestly, um, that's good advice. But yeah, so I saw this job opportunity on Craigslist and uh, it was for working um, uh, as a marketing manager for an education company. And I jumped at the opportunity for that because it kind of, you know, it ticked all my boxes. It, it paid pretty well. Um, when I went in for the interview, uh, I really, really liked my future boss who I'd be working with. Mm-hmm. She was great. All of the other employees who were there were super, super nice. Um, the commute wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't crazy long, I guess, by L.A. standards. Mm-hmm. It was maybe 45 minutes to an hour, which anywhere else in the world would suck. But mm-hmm. here it's kind of like, oh, that's life. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I started that job. And in the beginning, it was really great. I was learning a lot. I loved my coworkers. It was a very supportive and engaging environment and a place to work. Mm-hmm. Um. And everyone was really, you know, trying to lift each other up, both professionally and personally. Um, but things kind of started taking a turn for the worse about a year in. Um, the I guess just the owners of the company made some poor financial decisions and they made some poor leadership decisions and the company just kind of slowly started to spiral out yeah. of control. And mm-hmm. I know I complained a lot to you about that of just like 
all the things that were happening yep. at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so it and actually around that time too, about a year in my boss left the company. And so I was really on my own. They didn't bring anybody new in. Yeah, which is insane. You had like double the workload. Yeah, exactly. So I was pretty much the only person actually doing marketing, which I guess anyone who has worked in marketing before knows that it's not a one man job. Yeah. Uh, And so I was really struggling with, you know, doing so much work all the time. I would, you know, stay at the office until 9, 10 p.m. and then still take work home with me, Mm -hmm. do work, you know, at night and on the weekends. And I really was just working myself absolutely to the bone for Mm -hmm. this job. Um, And it just, it wasn't worth that. I don't think any, well, I guess some jobs may be worth working that hard for if you're, you know, really passionate about it and you're trying to start, you know, a new startup career or something like that. Um, But this particular job just wasn't worth that for me. Um, and it sounded like they had some core structural issues where it was like they weren't solving – they weren't adding someone to your team to kind of help take that pressure off. They were just – and that's when I think it's kind of a good sign of like, okay, is there growth for me? Also, are do I like the way the company's handling things? Because, of course, like the, the goal sometimes with jobs is to – be able to have a longer term like relationship with the people or like stay at least for I think traditionally like our parents used to stay at jobs for like 15 20 years or like they would have one job yeah. and like stick with it the whole time it's not like that anymore it's exactly it's a lot more acceptable to have many different jobs but we're gonna actually I'm gonna get back to this because we're gonna take mm-hmm. a really quick break but then I want to get into kind of like when you knew that you needed to leave and then did you leave then or did you wait and what you think about that whether you have any regrets etc but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back Hey there, the holidays are here, so it's good to know Kroger can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Kroger has got you covered. So order for free pickup at Kroger.com or the app, and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And we're back. Hello. So back to you, Haley. So, okay, this is so interesting to me. I love, by the way, guys, hearing about people on in all different aspects of their careers in terms of like Haley is not going the entrepreneurial route. I am. But we actually were talking about this earlier. Actually, let's let's side route for a second. Yeah. Side route. I don't know. Let's uh, segue really quick into that, actually, because we were basically just talking about how a lot of people, especially in Los Angeles, get kind of shamed for having traditional jobs, like for having a nine to five corporate thing where you're trying to climb a ladder or you're trying to, you know, move up in your position and work for someone else. It, you almost get backlash yeah, here. Or just, or, well, and anything that's not in the entertainment realm, really. Because, yeah. like, if I did marketing for Warner Brothers, like, mm-hmm. that's still more exciting to me because, the, or not to me, well, what am I saying? Uh, that's more exciting to other people um, who live in L.A. just mm-hmm. because you have that name tied to it. Uh, but yeah, you get shamed for it. Like we've, we've, you and I have been out at bars yeah. before and people will ask, you know, what do you do? You talk about like all the creative aspects of your career. And then they turn to me, they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? 
And when I say like, oh, yeah, I, well, I do marketing for an education company, they will literally turn away. Or I've had people who say, oh, so you're the boring one in the group. True, true story. It's, yeah. it's so sad, too, because like it's honestly so not true. I think like there are so many types of jobs that I'm so fascinated by. And I think this whole entrepreneurial wave, especially in L.A., it's so big because on the one hand, like we are given opportunities now that that weren't available before. We can be creative and upload content to the Internet the way that you know, in a way that our parents couldn't. And that's so incredible and amazing and magical. I also think, you know, people say millennials are so entitled, but it's like we have this opportunity, so why not take it? But on the flip side, I think that especially in Los Angeles, yeah, what you're saying, like people then forget that like, okay, it's still really impressive and cool and like awesome to have a traditional, even the fact that it's even called a traditional job, like, uh, but also, okay, this is really just Los Angeles too. I think like when I go to San Francisco and go hang out with my friend Charlotte, who works at a, like a tech corporation. And I think her job is so incredibly interesting. I love hearing about what she does every day. I think in another life, like I would love a job like that. Like if being an entrepreneur was not a thing, if doing my own thing was just like not allowed or whatever, I would totally go do that. And I think it's so fascinating. But so when I'm there and I'm like, oh, like I make YouTube videos and people are like, what? <laughs> what What do you mean you make YouTube videos? Like, yeah. do you get paid for that? And like, like I go into this whole explanation. People like literally think it's weird or they don't understand. And then that can even be shamed, too, because there's such a stigma totally. in other places for the entertainment industry oh, yeah. where people are like, oh, that's not a real job. Or yeah. you, you like that doesn't pay the bills. There's no way. Weren't you just in Eastern Washington and everyone was like, wait, why does everyone do like creative things in L.A.? Yeah, I was just in Eastern Washington for a wedding and uh, everyone was asking me I live with uh, two creators and so they were asking me about my roommates and about you because they mm -hmm. know you and saying like oh well just just kind of piling on top of the stigma with um, with working in entertainment yeah. where they say like oh that's not a real job those yeah. lazy millennials entitled yeah. they're just making videos it's so crazy not actually contributing oh it's, yeah. it honestly blows my mind that it can go both ways where like people can like shit on the person with the normal 9 to 5 and people can shit on the person doing the entertainment or doing like the entrepreneurial thing because what people don't see and it's actually really hard to explain my job to people even in LA because what they don't see is like I'm literally every part of the job it's like working a company but you're everyone so it's like they don't always see like we work really really hard we work many hours we're just doing something we want to do that we like doing that's creative but it's like insane where when people are like oh like people literally say I have a fake job they like expect me to be able to answer calls or take meetings like at any time during the day like oh like can you go do this let's go shopping and I'm like dude I like I still work I'm just I have more flexibility because I choose it but like I still work <laughs> so it's super interesting and I just wanted to bring that up because I think it it's it's really important to understand for you guys listening that it doesn't matter which path you want to take. If you're like, you know what, I want to go work at Apple and I want to go, you know, work my way up and do the corporate thing, like do that. That's absolutely amazing. Do that. You do not have to feel the pressure the other way to like go be an entrepreneur or go start your own thing. Like you should never feel shamed for not having a side hustle. We talk a lot about side hustles and being an entrepreneur here because that's what I'm doing. And I, I do want to empower people to realize that they can do that if they want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I also just want to empower people to know that they can do whatever they want to do. And if they want to go be the freaking like CMO of Google, you do that. Like you go fight for that and you make that happen. And like, so that's the whole point here is just whichever way, whichever path you take, the whole theme of this episode is kind of like, do what you got to do, do what you want to do. Don't let anyone else tell you what you should or shouldn't do, what is or isn't okay. Like if you're going to be successful or not, don't listen to that. Do what you want to do. 
Yeah. And that's such an important lesson. And it's so much easier said, said than, than done. done. 100%. Um, especially if you, you're like me and you have anxieties and fears. Uh, it's so easy to just stay kind of where you're at and stay comfortable and stay sort of fearful of taking the next step yeah. and moving forward. But if in the back of your mind, if you're sitting there and thinking like, OK, well, what are my deepest career dreams mm-hmm. and how do I get there? If you're like stuck, not in a position that will move you forward. um, yeah, it's important to like just take rem- remind yourself that you got to do you. You yeah. got to do what's best for your goals. And on the flip side of that, I also want to emphasize if you don't know, like if you're younger or even if you're not younger, if, but if you're like, you know what? I don't even know. Like, what is my passion? Like, what do I really want to do? That's also A-OK. But I think it's interesting to have that conversation with yourself and decide, like, do you know what you like? Do you not? Because if you're someone that doesn't know, like, where you want to go, because we're sitting here being like, do what you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do. Maybe that's the first step is just really starting to think about that and experiencing different types of jobs or different types of experiences or side hustles or anything. Because I know for me, for example, did I think I'd be sitting here doing a podcast that's kind of a self-help coaching business? No, never. Like I went to school for screenwriting. I'm super creative. I'm into storytelling and like filming and being on camera. I never thought I'd be doing this. But also I had like so many different jobs and internships that mostly ones that I didn't like, a lot that I liked, but that helped shape, you know, me knowing what I wanted to do or didn't want to do so it's okay if you don't know but go do things just go try different things if you're like I want to be a chef go be a freaking chef and then if the next day you're like actually JK I want to be a professional golfer like great I don't know why I chose those those were so random exactly but like the whole point is just you know it's all a journey and don't be afraid to take the risks and I think you just did take the risk. Yeah, by I was going to say this finally. is actually a perfect, <laughs> perfect. segue yep. here into <laughs> the conclusion of my journey, or I guess not yeah. the conclusion, but the conclusion of this particular story right. and how I quit my job. Yeah, um, yeah. So I we had just talked about how companies kind of spiraling out of control. They're you know putting all this work on me. They're not really valuing me as an employee because mm-hmm. they're not hiring additional people to help me out with that workload. Yeah, uh, and so around. So at this point, we're maybe. A year and a half to not not quite two years into me working there. And this is when I really started telling people like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. I need to quit my job. And then I continued to say that for the next two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so just over and over again, like, oh, I'm, I hate my job. I need to quit my job. I need to quit my job, but not actually taking any action to do right. it. And hate it. excuse me. Um, Adrian knows this better than anyone because she lived with me at the time and would just hear it every single day. Like, oh, I'm quitting my job. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. Like, when? <laughs> I when mean, I supported happening? you no matter what. I was like, great, quit. Um, oh, you don't want to quit? Great. Okay. <laughs> and the the reason I didn't quit when I did was I was really wait, like, well, for it was a couple of reasons. One, um, I was really hoping that I would be able to find a new job mm-hmm. before I actually before gave my notice. Yeah. yeah because we all want that financial stability. Right. And, you know, I'm still hearing those voices of my family in the back of my head saying like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to dig yourself into a financial right. pit. You don't want to get too much in debt. Um, and so I was really hoping that I would be able to find something before I left. Right. Problem with that is that if you're working a job that requires you to 
take work home with you or maybe if you just have other responsibilities if you Mm -hmm. have kids or you want to be normal and have a social life it's really hard to find the time to actually apply to jobs and work on Mm -hmm. your cover letter and go to networking events and so I just like didn't have time to even apply to things especially now that also you're not an entry-level employee so you actually have more things that you're looking for that you need so there are more like standards for you too you're not just kind of like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks you're actually exactly I need this pay and I need this type of role yeah so you it's a full-time job in itself searching for a job so I totally understand that it's scary to quit before having that yeah so that was that was like number one that was a big um I guess sticking point of me that kind of or just I guess something that held me back with that um and then another one is just I guess general fear and that's something that I think a lot of people who are considering leaving their job but who haven't yet is like something that they've experienced is fear of Mm -hmm. leaving like well, what if I interview and nobody likes me? Mm-hmm. What if I, you know, if I'm applying to jobs and I can't get one? Mm-hmm. What if I leave and then I look back and the company starts to do really well mm-hmm. and suddenly I think, shit, you know, I wish I had stuck around and right. taken that and stayed with that opportunity. Um, there's just, there's so many fears that will hold us back from actually taking, taking that action. leap. Totally. And those definitely overcame me and were a big, like, a, a big reason why I wasn't moving as quickly as mm-hmm. I could have with like actually taking the jump, quitting the job, right. and, you know, getting out of there. So what hit you like what? Because I remember like a couple of days ago or maybe last week you were like, I think I'm going to put my two weeks in. And I was like, oh, my God, that's huge. Like, I haven't actually heard you say that. And then you were like, I literally did it. And I was like, oh, my God, what what hit you? Like, what was your like breaking point? Or I mean, I don't know if there was one breaking point or not. And you were saying earlier that a lot of people yeah. assume when you quit that there's like one big thing that happened or some blow up or some fight or someone like treated you badly. But sometimes it's not that. Yeah. So I actually love that you asked that question because that is the one question that I get from every single person that I have told, oh, I just put my two weeks in. Yeah. Like coworkers, family, friends, every single person, the first thing that they ask me is always you know, what happened to make you quit, Mm -hmm. really implying, like you said, that it was one incident. And I think that that is it's really important for people to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be one single action that triggers Mm -hmm. a career decision like that. So in my case, you know, and it really been building up over time. And I was, you know, I was at this I was in eastern Washington over the weekend. I was at this wedding and I was um, just kind of like sitting, sun tanning outside, like taking some time yeah. to uh, de-stress and, and, you know, get off social media for a minute and kind of like reflect and contemplate. And I just kind of sat there and thought, you know what? Like, this is it. I'm, I'm done waiting. Mm-hmm. I've been complaining about this for a really long time. Like um, it just kind of hit you. It just hit me like now it's, t- it's time to take that leap. And it wasn't one particular thing. Right. It, you know, I didn't have some big blowout with my boss. Mm-hmm. I did it. I mean, that has happened in the past. <laughs> but that, yeah, but that didn't that didn't cause this decision. Right. Um, there there wasn't like some big you know a work fire essentially that happened that like caused right. me to uh, want to leave. It really was just a lot of feelings compounding and me just finally realizing, okay, it's time to take a deep breath and just, and just let it all go mm-hmm. and take that jump. And it feels amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, so what do you feel now? It like, feels just relief. A lot of relief. Um, still a lot of anxiety and fear, totally. though. That's all still there because I don't have a job lined up yeah. at the moment. And so now it's, you know, the the goal or I guess the plan um, is going to be, you know, after my last day of work, my full-time job is essentially going to be to find a job. a job. So I'll be, you know, blocking off 
nine to 10 hours a day to just like get those applications out, go to mm-hmm. networking events um, and do all that stuff so I can hopefully find a job as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like a lot of, it's a lot of relief and then anxiety at the totally. same time, definitely. And what's going to be like, what's your strategy for finding a job? Just in case anyone is kind of wondering like, how do I even like find the right job? Like what's going to be your tactic besides like obviously applying to companies and like looking online and going to networking things like is that is there anything else? Well, I so step one is definitely adjusting my resume and yeah. making a lot of notes on um, a lot of like data specific notes mm-hmm. on what I've done mm-hmm. at my current job. Yeah. And that's something that I think anyone who's looking to leave their career should definitely make sure that you before you actually leave kind of dig into the data at work yep. a little bit take notes while you can and mm-hmm. while you have all your work stuff in front and of access you access to all of it yeah. yeah take notes on you know well how many you know how many projects have i led how you know how many clients have i taken on how many sales have i brought mm-hmm. in like whatever it is that you do while you have that information in front of you take advantage of it make notes kind of save it to your personal yeah. documents so you have it and then you can put that information Super in your resumes because that's something that a lot of people or a lot of people looking at resumes are going to be looking mm-hmm. for actual achievements like tangible yeah that's a really good point exactly so that's going to be a big one um i'm also you know asking Um, my my current boss and old bosses for letters of recommendation um, Mm -hmm. which they said that they were happy to give me so I'm very grateful for that awesome Um, but yeah so sourcing letters of recommendation updating your resume those are all really important Um, and then taking a minute to reflect and and figure out exactly what industry you want to be in because Mm -hmm. industry is super super important it's not just oh I want to do a job in marketing Mm -hmm. it's you know I want to be involved in this specific industry because some industries are harder to break into than others and like you want to wake up every day and and not be like crap I have to go make a flyer about like shoes if I don't like shoes okay that was a weird example but you know like no it goes with anything yeah exactly like you could do marketing for a movie studio or you could do marketing for an educational company or you could do marketing for literally a snack brand like you could do it for anything but but what you're marketing is important because you want to be like interested enough in it to like care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one and an industry that one person is super passionate about probably isn't going to be something that I'm super passionate right. about and vice versa. And right. so it's important to like realize that for yourself and think if you have a passion that's really weird, if you're really passionate about like we have a friend who works in the uh, food service industry. He works for a pistachio company right mm-hmm. now and he is super passionate about food. And so if like I'm personally not passionate about food, but if that's what you're I'm passionate about eating food. Yeah. I mean, I love to eat food, obviously, <laughs> but like I, I wouldn't want to work in it every single day. Same. But if that's what you're really passionate about, you know, don't sit there and say, oh, well, none of my friends are working in this industry. Yeah. And that must mean that it's not good. Totally. That's not the case. Totally. Um, so that reflection is really important and realizing like this is what I or at least this is the industry I think I want to be right. in. Because you mentioned it earlier. Like, it's okay if you don't know 100% okay. what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least have sort of a general idea of what you're passionate about yeah. and, and go from there. Well, I'm so excited for you. I'm like, yeah. I think it's going to be like, of course, it's scary. But you know what I think is going to be so awesome, too, is like, A, you're going to be just fine. And I think you know at your core. And I think people, some people don't. But like, you will be OK. But it's scary think like you don't know what's going to happen like you don't know how you're going to find a job when what kind of job like 
all those unknowns are what are scary. Yeah. And so the cool thing is you're going to be okay. The second cool thing is that I think that, I mean, I can't, we don't know yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to put this out in the universe right now. I think that this whole experience will also make you be more able and willing to take that kind of risk in the future. Like if you go to another job and you don't like it after a year or whatever, like I feel like you're going to be a lot more like picky and like, you know what? I'm not going to like do what I did before. It's kind of like, God, again, bringing it back to my relationships. I don't know why your job hunt is very similar to my boy life, but I dated a guy in college who I did kind of what you did at your job with. I was like, we need to break up. We need to break up for literally ever. I was saying this like Haley knows because we've been besties this whole time. This was literally the same situation, but with a boy. And I was like, we need to end this. We need to do it. And then I finally did it. And it was like so hard and I was so sad and it was stressful and whatever. But then once I got over it, now it's like, oh my God, the second someone even displays like a red flag the way that there was before I'm like no I'm not doing that again because you stress yourself out so exactly. much you, you are so exhausted I'm yeah. sure that's how you feel yeah definitely and that's such a good point too that all of these lessons that I've learned with this job like they are so applicable to anything mm-hmm. else in life that requires you to take that leap so it's not just it's not just like oh this podcast is only for people who want to quit their job today yes. like eh, I'm gonna tune out like this is literally for anyone who needs to make a really hard decision whether it's you know relationship related like yeah. you said if you're if you know like oh I need to break up but you just haven't done it yet or maybe it's the reverse maybe there's a person you really want to pursue and mm-hmm. you're like oh I'm too nervous to do yes. that you you know it's all about taking a leap and taking yeah, a you taking know a leap fighting that fear to take a, a little bit of a leap of faith in yourself and just say you know what I'm gonna do it. And so the day that I actually put in my two weeks notice and I officially told my boss like that I'm quitting, this is it. So it was on a Tuesday and I had a meeting with him to talk about other things and I knew like I needed to tell him at the start of this meeting. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, the meeting time is coming up and I and I work remote. So I'm like sitting in my room and I'm start like I'm starting to get anxious and like heart rates going up and I'm like voice in the back of my head is like okay you know what maybe you shouldn't do it like maybe like very tempted to just back out at the last minute because it's so easy when you're sitting in that position to just be like okay you know what maybe I'll do it another day maybe I'll do it tomorrow and so I sat there literally 10 minutes before my meeting at my desk and I visualized just like uh bungee jumping which sounds Really, or what was, oh, it was zip lining because I've oh, done yeah. zip lining before. Uh-huh. I haven't done bungee jumping. But if you've ever done any sort of like jumping activity, that sounds yeah. really weird. But if you've ever, <laughs> you've ever done you've zip ever lining jumped. or bungee jumping or what what's it called? Like parachuting out of an airplane yeah. or at least if you've seen anything like that, basically it really just takes like two seconds of you doing something really brave. And then it's an exhilarating feeling after that. Yeah. And I, when I was a kid, I did zip lining and like same sort of feeling where you are very terrified to do something and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you finally like just let everything go uh-huh. and you, you just and have you do to do it and it feels amazing. Yeah. And so I've, oh, I literally so cool. visualized that experience and said, you know what, like making the leap away from this job is going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just need to do it. And so sure oh enough, God. the meeting time came up, like turned on the video and chat. Like I just did it. That was like the first thing I said to him in the conversation. Um, and I, yeah, I just think like that's, I'm so proud. Like, honestly, yeah, that's so inspiring because I know how hard that was for you. And that is so cool like was, that you yeah. did that. And you ha- and that moment was yours. Like, y- it was only you. Like, all no one can tell you anything. That was you in your own head having to be like, Haley, 
just do it. And exactly. you did it. And that is so amazing. And what you said earlier, I just want to say, it sounds like, God, you, you're you sounding like me, which is amazing. And also, <laughs> if you guys listen to this podcast, if you've listened to other episodes, you'll know that I say the laws of success are universal. That is the whole point of all of this. So thank exactly. you for pointing that out because it's so true. And like, yeah. it anyway, it's, oh, that is so incredible. And I think... I just think a lot of people can really learn from this story and like you said, like apply this to other things in life. And I love you coming on talking about this because you are you were scared and you like you aren't naturally like, yeah, let's go take these risks, which a lot of people aren't like. Yeah, most people, I think, aren't like that. Like and this is it's so important to me to, well, a be friends with, but also like have a wide variety of people on this show because I I think a lot of the people who have success stories or whatever are like yeah no it was like I did this and whatever and it's like well but that's not the reality of always like I've gotten anxious as crap to do things I question myself every single day it's yeah. like so natural it's it's really hard and and during the period where I was sitting there saying like oh I'm gonna quit my job mm-hmm. and then I didn't actually do it like I have a lot of very confident friends who would tell me like well, why don't you just do it like I don't understand you yeah. know just just yeah you know and 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 I would sit there and be like oh well you know it's easier said than yeah, done totally. you don't, you no, don't absolutely. understand and it is it's 100% easier said than done um and I think for me personally like the the whole visualization thing of just you know taking a a, a jump uh-huh. really helped me actually do that um, and just realizing that, like, I'm, you know, I'm worth more than what I was putting totally. up with. Totally. I think all, that's, yeah. It was all really helpful. But, yeah, that's just great. taking that I'm, leap. like, so happy it's for important. you. And I'm excited. to. We'll have to do a follow-up post, post-interview. We'll have oh, to do, gosh, like, a yeah. six-month follow-up. And, like, hopefully, okay, so now what happened? Hopefully, hopefully I have something <laughs> exciting to tell you six months from now. Well, I mean, Haley's, either way, you Haley's will. Haley's homeless at this Haley point. Haley is currently in a cardboard box <laughs> on my corner. Forget everything she said. We're going to release that podcast <laughs> or, yeah. um, from no. the lineup. Oh, my God, never. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be... Um, you know, listening to a lot of those manifestation episodes yeah. that you've had and that you're going to be making in the future. Absolutely. Um, let's work yeah, on manifesting manifest together. manifest me a job. It's yes, going to be let's great. let's manifest you a job. Let's manifest some things this month. Yes. Okay, so we'll, we'll check in in six months or whenever yeah. and give you a little update. Heck yeah, we will. I'm yeah. so down for that. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Haley, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and being willing to talk about it it's you're in a very fresh time right now and I yeah. that's exactly why I wanted you here yeah. I think it's perfect timing to be able to talk about this kind of thing and people can relate to that a lot so you guys if you want to go follow Haley I asked her in the car do you want me to plug anything and she's like I mean I don't know like and I'm like yeah like she's <laughs> like well my Instagram so if you want to follow Haley and stalk her and comment all these nice things like you're gonna get a job don't worry then you can follow her on Instagram at Haley H-A-Y-L-E-Y-S Paul, P-A-U-L. And I will put that in the show notes as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to give me some ratings and reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate those. They help so, so much. So please share this with a friend who could use this. Go binge all the episodes. Go comment on Instagram or message me. I want to talk about what you what takeaways you had. If you have any ideas for the podcast, DM me on Instagram. You can email me. All the links to everything will be in the show notes. And without anything else to say, you guys, thank you for being you. And go kick butt today and whatever it is that you're doing. I will catch you on the next episode. Bye. That was such a high pitch. Bye. <laughs> but bye. For real. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, my dark darlings. Hopefully you've been enjoying our latest videos. We're a small crew here at Something Scary, so we have to make sure that the work that goes into our episodes gets done in order and on schedule. So that's why I wanna tell you about our sponsor, Monday.com. Monday.com is an online teamwork platform that keeps your team connected from anywhere. I really enjoy the visual ease of using Monday.com. It helps banish the demons of confusing email chains or who's doing what and by when. It helps make sure everyone is aligned and on the same page. One of the things that I enjoy the most about Monday.com is that it's customizable. So it feels like it could fit any type of collaboration or industry. Build confidence within your team and reach every goal with ease. Visit Monday.com to start your free two-week trial.